You're listening to the Higher Calling Podcast. On today's episode, I'm joined by an impressive and emerging leader in the IT staffing space who discusses the ways that his company has been successful despite all the challenges that have come with the pandemic and how they intend to be even more successful going forward. There's a lot to learn in this episode, and I was really glad to have him as a guest. So you don't want to miss this one. Let's go. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for listening to the Higher Calling Podcast. I'm Pete Newsom, and this is your source for all things hiring, staffing, and recruiting. I'm joined today by James Lund, who's a vice president and co-owner of ProFocus, a highly respected and very successful IT staffing company based in Portland, Oregon. I've gotten to know James and ProFocus's founder, John Boone, over the past couple of years, and I've been very impressed by the way they treat their clients, their candidates, and just the way they conduct business overall. So I really appreciate you coming on today, James. Thanks for joining. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, and thanks for the kind words. You've been with ProFocus how long now? I'm uh, Five years. Five years as of this month. Five years. So talk a little bit about ProFocus. How, how are, you know, what differentiates you guys in, in the space? You, I, I, every time we, we talk, I hear about innovative, creative things you guys are doing. So how, how would you present um, ProFocus to someone who wasn't familiar with the organization? Yeah, I, first I, I share the word technology staffing and consulting company. And for, for a lot of people, that's, that's unique because we're, we're tech only. So we specialize only in technology and a lot of staffing companies, they do a little bit of everything. You know, they, they have a mix of various uh, verticals and, and we, we only do tech. And so that's one thing that, that uh, I think is a key differentiator for us. It, it's great for our recruiters because they are, and our salespeople, because they're, they're really focused on, on the technology. And, and uh, it, I think it's really, really important for us to stay down that path. So, and that's just one of the differentiators I would, I would say is, is being tech only, but in, in terms of, uh, in terms of our market, I think we're doing a lot of really, really interesting things that are, that are deviating from what you see within, within technology staffing in general or staffing in general. So you mentioned innovative things. I, I didn't come from staff. So, so for, for me, when I started about five years ago, we're, we're about seven or eight years old now. Uh, we've been growing rapidly every year, year over year. Uh, internally is, is just, uh, just really exciting growth that we've been seeing. But we, we look at it from a lens, uh, not just what typical staffing companies will do from a reward system, from culture. Uh, I, I, you know, we'll dive deep into this too, I'm sure with some of the topics we'll have, but, but it's just exciting to be able to approach this and, and have you know, our, our founder and president's support to, to really look at this you know, as, a, as an organization and, and kind of um, revisit you know, common norms that you would see in staffing and in doing things differently for our team as well as our consultants and our clients. We've gotten to know each other over the, over the past two years, roughly, since coming together through a roundtable uh, uh, from our joint association with TechServe Alliance. And I've been so impressed by the way you and John, your partner, uh, who founded ProFocus, seem to you know, have a clear you know, difference in your approach to um, to the way you look at things. You 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 know, it, it, and it's something that I think my company, Four Quarter Resources, does as well. And maybe that's why I'm so attracted to it. Is that you really make it personal. 
and you know, and, and are and are not too concerned with how things have been done for for a long time in the past in our industry. You're looking to do the things that um, that really make sense today uh, from both from your employees and for your clients. So I do want to dive into that, but let, let's start with a, a little high level. We kind of jumped right into to everything, and and you're in you're in Portland. I'm in Orlando. Uh, polar opposite sides of the country. How are things uh, going right now? Tell, talk a little bit about the market in Portland. Yeah, the market is really strong. We're, we're pretty excited about it. It's, we have a lot of clients here that are poised for a lot of growth and, and, and really the main challenge is the talent. So we, you know, we, we have a lot of companies that are, that have been growing this year and, and plan and, and their roadmap to, to grow a lot more over the next couple of years here in Portland. And, and, you know, we, we have clients beyond Portland, but it's, this is, you know, our primary market, but, you know, we, we just actually conducted, we do an annual Portland tech trends survey. It's a, it's a report just focused on the Portland Metro area, you know, or Pacific Northwest as well of all of our clients and, and tech leaders across uh, the Pacific Northwest and asking them about, about what they're seeing in the market, what they, what they foresee over the next year. Um, and that was really exciting to see that it was really full steam ahead from that. Well, that report should come out in the next few weeks. And uh, we've just been gathering uh, all of those responses and, and digging into that over the last couple of weeks. And it's exciting to see that that our, our clients and, and at least leaders across technology here in the Portland area are, are seeing a, a lot of optimism. They're seeing a lot of optimism for, for, for a ton of growth. And the main challenge they're, they're seeing, at least so far, is is that you know the talent side? That's the that's the biggest challenge: retaining and and, and acquiring talent. Well, give, give us give us a, a little bit more of a teaser to that. Was there anything that surprised you uh, uh, from the results of of the survey? One thing that was surprising was the the acqu- acquiring talent, if I recall correctly, was was obviously the number one challenge. But but it was it was surprising to see retention was lower. I mean, it was number two. But in terms of it being a top challenge, retention was not as high as I would have expected, especially based on what we're hearing about the, you know, the great resignation and and uh, or some call it the great reassessment. But retention was not as high as some of us thought it would be. You know, in terms of you know, seeing that as a really a top challenge, it, it was it was still a, a high. It was still quite high, but but it seemed like acquiring the talent was a far far larger challenge for for those that took the survey here in the pacific northwest as opposed to retaining that is interesting because we all always hear and and i think believe that retention is is so much easier than having to go out and acquire new talent so given what we're we're facing right now i would i i that is very surprising i would have expected that to be the number one the number one issue for sure but not the case so what about um yeah, so what are you guys doing on that? Let, let's talk a little bit about retention because I know it's something that is important to all staffing companies right now because we're seeing a, a lot of a big battle for talent in this space. We're seeing a lot, at least in Florida. I'm not sure if you guys are as well. We're seeing a lot of staffing companies lose recruiters to corporate entities yeah. who are building up their teams in a greater way than they historically have done. So. At Proke Focus, what are you guys doing to to counter that? We do a lot of things. <laughs> we do a lot. I know. So you do. yeah. So I, this is something I take really seriously. Is we want we want to keep we want to keep our team members and and you know it's one of our four 
core strategies. You know, one of them, is, you know, it's the one that's most important to me is making this an amazing place to work. So retention is really important. People enjoying their work, people coming to work and, and actually liking and liking what they do and, and loving the company is really important. So we do a lot to and, and take this really seriously from from gathering feedback, listening, uh, involving our team members in the, in the big picture of the company and helping us grow, helping us improve. I think first though, people quit people. They don't quit companies. I, you know, you hear that. I firmly believe that, that, that ultimately, even if you are doing a lot at, uh, at the top and you have great benefits and great pay and all of that, ultimately, if they, if individuals don't love their, their bosses, I think they're, they're going to leave. And so we, we take a lot of, uh, attention to making sure that we have good leaders across the organization and that we're developing good leaders, that we're promoting good team members into leadership that are knowing it's a different position that we're preparing them for, for leadership. So to me, I think that's a really important part of our retention strategy is having good people across the organization uh, that are, that are leading and supporting our, our team members. But there's a lot going on. You mentioned leaving for, 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 you know, leaving the agency world for, going internal and there you're gonna there's gonna be a certain amount of that that that's going to happen and with the money being thrown out <laughs> out from some companies to go internal it's it's pretty remarkable I think uh, it will be interesting to see once they fill their teams and what happens with those individuals that that will you know inevitably or some will inevitably get laid off it's that's a risk some people take and I know I've talked to to internal team members over the years that that that's a factor. They know, you know, they can go chase that. And sometimes they know it's maybe worth it to go, you know, get that, that whatever, whatever that sweet offer is to, you know, be remote, you know, recruit for Amazon or wherever it is. And, uh, and then maybe, maybe when they do some cutbacks, then at least with agency, I think for us, for that retention, our best performers don't ever leave for agency or sorry, don't ever leave the agency for internal because of the compensation differences. And once right. they've built up a good bit, a good book of business, the, whether the market changes or not, you're in control of your, of, of your employment, really. Correct. Yes. Yeah, and it, it's, yeah. I've wondered about that quite a bit as, as we've seen, you know, we've experienced departures from our own internal staff and as much as we try to avoid it, but we have, we end up filling, unlike you guys, we do a lot of non IT positions Yeah. and the, number of recruiter roles that we've been asked to fill it's sort of ironic in a way for our own clients is been unlike anything we've seen in our 16 years in business not even close we historically would would get them sporadically but we're we're seeing them by the dozens almost uh, oh. and have over the past few months and to your point it does beg the question what happens when things normalize what happens mm -hmm. when things begin to subside which they will eventually those teams uh, aren't going to probably be as big as they are today. So um, yeah. that, that's that's something that will be interesting to see how it plays out. Mm -hmm. you, you also touch on the great resignation. And I wanted to get your take on this. That One of the things that I uh, have not heard referenced much at all is that you know, the baby boom generation is it, it was going to be retiring. We've been hearing about that for the last 10, maybe even 20 years that it was going to cause a shortage in the workforce. I have not heard that referenced at all in terms of the great resignation, which incidentally was a, a term coined pre-COVID. The, the guy who, um, who came up with that 
that phrase was a professor at Texas A&M in 2019. So he anticipated this coming. And yeah, it, now that it's here and we've seen such a shortage in the workforce, no one mentions the baby boomers retiring. Is that something that, that you guys have thought about at all? Or you know, what, why do you think you know, there's such a problem right now? Yeah, I think I actually did. You know, I hadn't heard much about the baby boomers for a while, but I did in a, in a conversation at TechServe a couple of weeks ago. I did hear someone, uh, or maybe it was actually one of the presenters, was talking about boomers and that they they are, but they didn't they didn't quite all retire when it was expected, and it's really just been a slow slow process of that uh, of that happening. So it's it's interesting to see. But in terms of, I really do think. I've heard about the great reassessment. I know there's a great resignation and some of the great reassessment. I really think that that's a good way to define this. I think a lot of people had more options than ever before in terms of their, their employment choice and their career choice. And, and that's one thing that I think stands out. This as opposed to just resigning um, is now because there's so much opportunity, whether people leaving the workforce or just because there's just so many more jobs than there were before. I think we're seeing a lot more people really evaluating what they want to do with their career and leaving companies that, that they just maybe their jobs they don't love, companies they don't love, and, and assessing their future. A lot of changes that are taking place as we speak, needless to say. And you know, we've all had to adapt to changes forced upon us by COVID through the pandemic, closures, things are different in, in, you know, in your part of the world than they are in Florida where I am. How has ProFocus navigated that? If you wouldn't mind touching on both how you've handled it internally as well as, as with your clients, how it's changed relationships you know, uh, for the good and, and bad maybe. But I know you guys have, have, have obviously done a lot to, um, uh, to make sure that you're ahead of the curve. In, in terms of our internal retention? Yeah, talk about both. Yeah. Start, start with internal. Yeah. yeah. We Fortunately, in 2021, we just didn't have the type of turnover that that I was hearing from my colleagues across the country. And I know this is generally a, a business with a lot of turnover. And I know there's desirable and undesirable turnover. I, I would say for the most part, we, you know, like I said, we, we did not lose uh, very many of our team members that were high performers. We just, we just didn't, we lost one, I think of our higher performers that chose to leave the industry and just pursue what that person wanted to do with their career. That person was a younger individual that was still just figuring out what they wanted to do. And we fully supported that, that transition. Aside from that, for the most part, we didn't lose really very many people. Maybe, maybe one other person that, uh, that in terms of, you know, a higher performer, we, for the most part, our turnover was pretty good. So we didn't see that, that great resignation or the great reassessment, or, you know, I know that we've, we've heard and talked about, you know, with, with colleagues across the country that they've, seen a lot of the recruiters leave for agency, uh, you know, or sorry, leave the agency for, for, uh, for internal or leaving to other agencies that had better comp models or, or what have you. We just, we didn't see that, fortunately. Well, so, so that, so not, not to share too many secrets, but that, that's, that's unique. That's an anomaly. We know that from our time at TechServe a couple of weeks ago at the conference, it was a, a, a probably the, the most prevalent conversation that was happening, both yeah on side conversations as well as what the presenters were were addressing. What do you attribute that to with, with ProFocus? Obviously you guys are doing something very right to, to, um, to be in the position you're in. Yeah, I think it's a combination of things. And, and 
just in general, our company as a whole, we really look at ways, um, a lot of different ways that we can improve the experience for our team members. I mean, our, our mission is to create exceptional experiences for every one of our candidates, clients, and team members. And so when we think of that, our mission is not just focused on our candidates and clients, it's our internal team members, as well as our consultants that are out, out working at our, you know, client locations. So we're for our clients. So so one of the things I, I think 2019, we did improve our comp plan. So of course, compensation, there's only so much you can do with retaining people with fringe benefits and, 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 and you know, work-life balance or just really supporting them and having good bosses. If, if you're not paying them competitively, you'll most likely lose them. I think there's a certain degree that people will give up in terms of comp that, uh, you know, for a, a really good situation that they could be at from a workplace, you know, standpoint. So I think that that's one that that is a factor. 2019, prior to this, we did, we improved our comp plan. We really, we really took a look at it, um, evaluated how we can make it more generous, especially to our higher performers. So that was one thing that, that was really important for us, making sure that the math worked, of course, but, but to where we could be as generous as we reasonably could and for our comp plan for higher performers. It's not as generous for someone that's underperforming. So, so that was a, that was a shift that we made and we don't, we don't want to change our comp plan very often, but this was one that I thought it needed to be improved in order to make sure that we could retain our higher performers. So you were ahead of the curve with that for sure. Yeah. And that was just something we, you know, I think it was lucky on the timing, but we just evaluated different things that we can improve. And that was one that was really important to make sure that we were um, able to acquire and retain the right folks. We have been growing quite a bit and, and internal hiring, that's a, that's a really important piece. When somebody looks at the comp plan, they want to make sure that they can make, reasonably make, you know, what, whatever their target income is. So, well, yeah, I mean, it's so important in our, in our space. It, it, all we ha really have is our employees and the value that they deliver in the market. Our brand, our name only goes so far. That's not going to get the job done. And, and so I commend you for, for being an early, you solved a problem before you avoided a problem by, by taking those steps. I think yeah. that's probably the best way to phrase it. I want to, I want to find out what's changed with your client um, relationships or the impact you've seen from COVID. But if, if you wouldn't mind, you mentioned that there, you guys operate on, uh, on four core principles. I'm not sure exactly how you phrased it. Would you, yeah. would you share those with us? Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's four core strategies that we have, and it just helps us. It helps us guide our decisions as a business, and so that we are all on the same page about what our what our priorities are. We just had our all company annual strategic retreat last week, and you know half the day is dedicated to talking about our core strategies and sharing ideas and discussing ideas and, and brainstorming ways that we can improve our our execution in those areas. And, and it's uh, the first one is high quality, high touch. So we want to really deliver high, we want to have high quality relationships want to have uh, with our, with both our con candidates, consultants, and our clients. And we want to have direct access. You know, we really need to be successful to have direct access to the decision maker who's going to be making the hiring decision. So, so that's really important for us. That's how we can deliver our quality. The, the second one is uh, exceptional service. So being a Fred, if anyone's listening that has read Fred Factor. It's it's a great book. It's a quick read, but it uh, 
Uh, I think it's really important for us that we're delivering exceptional experience. I think in our industry, it's shocking to me. I didn't come from the staffing industry five years ago, but it's shocking to me the low bar that our industry has for service. <laughs> I think it's remarkable. It makes it really easy, I think, to be able to, to uh, provide exceptional experiences for our candidates and for our clients because you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of bad recruiters, just like a lot of bad salespeople have given the industry a bad rap, right? I mean, you, you, it's remarkable. And, uh, and, and so that's a, a core strategy of ours. There, there are, there are some bad players. I, I want you to f finish uh, talking about the, these strategies, but I, I think uh, the commoditization of the staffing industry has helped contribute to that in a really negative way. Yep. You, when you talk about high touch, I don't know how you could hire well without that. And there's an entire line of businesses, I won't name names, we, you and I both know who they are, who yeah. exist to take the, the touch out of it, to take the personalization out of staffing, which to me is, is just insane because it's one of the most intimate things you could do in the business world. Yeah. We all acknowledge, at least I hope everyone acknowledges that your employees will make or break your organization. And so to try to commoditize that is something that has never made sense to me. It's a space that we don't play in. It's a space that you guys don't play in. But that certainly hasn't elevated the perspective of our industry, um, in my opinion. No, absolutely. And, and so I, I hope that trend, I think it's going away a little bit. I think the value of how hiring happens is is certainly at a at top of mind for everyone right now, given the conditions of the job market. So I hope one of the byproducts of that will be the realization that this is not something that should be commoditized. It's something that should be elevated at all absolutely. at all cost. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. So 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 continue on though. Yeah. I just wanted to throw that in there because I know it's something that you agree. You know, you and I have had uh, lengthy conversations about already, and and, mm -hmm. and and see is important, and we hope that others will see that as important as well. Yeah, and that space is you know that space is great for some, and that's just not the one that we've decided that is is the right one for us. So at least not at this time. So for us, uh, yeah, that's it's really important that we stay. You know, so we can you know we have really high expectations in terms of our quality. In, in our quality ratios and quality metrics with, you know, fill, from fill ratio to sub to interview, sub to placement, all those kinds of things. And, you know, we're, we know that we have a harder chance to win if we're not access, you don't have access to managers. So the other two real quick, I, I had already referenced specialized only in technology and making it amazing, an amazing place to work. So those are the four core strategies that we look at. And when we, when we think about how we can improve, uh, better execute on our core strategies, those are the four. That's great. Uh, I love it. And I think that your success is not coincidental as a result of, of that, because it's not, I know from our it, it exchanges over the past couple of years, it's not something you just talk about. It's something that you guys take very seriously and, and you, you, um, you make it you know, very clear that that's, that's going to be your approach with, um, with your employees and with your clients. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's 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 really impressive to see uh, from a distance. But talk about your clients a little bit. COVID has changed a lot for for many of us. It's made recruiting sometime in some ways easier, I think, where we can have more flexibility in terms of the remote employees and the options that exist there. But it's also made certain things more challenging as we have to navigate different mandates and requirements, uh, both you know, 
from a government standpoint as well as from you know, an individual company choice standpoint, it, that's impacting us here in Florida quite a bit and with our clients throughout the country. How about where you are? What do, what do you see in there? So in terms of the overall impact on our clients, I think, I I mean, there has been a big impact, but I would I would say that it'll be interesting to see how many of our clients actually do require any of their team members to come back on site. I know that's a, that's a really, that's going to be an interesting one to see and how many more people, how much more turnover will there be once some of these, some of our clients require going back into the office, whether it's one or two or three days a week. But I know that there's a lot of companies that our clients and companies across the the country, they're going to require that. And that'll be interesting to see, but for our clients, it, I, it, you know, it was really interesting that when when we did our survey, that a lot of our client, a lot of the clients and people in the Pacific and tech leaders in the Pacific Northwest, they acknowledge that you ref, what you reference is that it's a lot easier to to acquire and to recruit talent when you are fully remote, when you have that option. It's really that was, of course, you that makes sense. But I also think it's interesting that a lot of companies and a lot of our clients are or threatening to take that away or having some level of, you know, one day in the office or two days in the office, we embraced as to touch on our, you know, another thing of retention, we embraced office optional. So that's, that's totally optional to us at this stage for right. all of our internal team members. And, and that has made it so much easier for us with our, with recruiting for our clients too. So that's one thing that I, I see as the biggest, or at least, you know, one of the biggest, challenges that we'll see is if more and more of our clients start requiring that and, and it really will change um, how we're able to be successful for them. But for the most part, I think our our clients have adapted pretty well. And and of course, there's there's a lot of challenges, but for the most part, it seems like they have been growing and, and, and growing their, their teams and headcounts and for the most part, embracing remote and, and continue to do that. So for us, you know, pre-pandemic and, and to now, uh, a lot of the same challenges that they that you would have seen before COVID, you know, that the we're seeing with our clients. So have you not, uh, it'd be, again, difference between Florida and the Pacific Northwest and, and a lot of other parts of the country where we've been open, as you saw, you know, probably yeah. a change when you were here in Jacksonville a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, it, it's business as usual for the most part. Companies are trying to navigate how to handle that, um, where you everyone can be on site, but it's it's optional and it becomes a competitive advantage or disadvantage if you if you choose to look at it that way. But it, and I would say we're about fifty fifty right now. That is an unscientific number, but uh, half of our clients who we who we work with regularly want their employees back on site. Others haven't gone there yet, but it sounds like most of yours haven't uh, haven't asked people to come back yet for the most part now and that's where you know to go back to my other comment as well is is you know when when that does happen it'll be interesting interesting to see how that impacts it because like you said you you are all open we we still have you know we're still fairly closed we still have a mask mandate you know indoors and in offices and unless you're in a, a private room with the door closed and so our, a lot of our clients have have delayed their back to office plans and I think, you know, there were a number that we're planning on, you know, in, in Q4 or, you know, in, in, in January. And just a lot of these have been pushed back. And because of, 
you know, the, the cases in the, in the mandates here in Oregon. So for the most part, it's still, which is, you know, for people that are listening in, in Florida or other parts of the country that are open, you know, it, 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 we're still fairly closed here from, you know, when, when it comes to the office, a lot of people are still working remote. Many people have not been mandated to go back in the office yet. And it'll be interesting to see how, you know, how once, once things do reopen and then companies and our clients start requiring people or, or looking at their in-office plans and, and what that is, how that's going to change, you know, our ability to acquire talent for them or, you know, our, our potentially our turnover of our consultants. Sure. And it, it is going to, you know, we have a client right now who is um, requiring that everyone um, be vaccinated, which is, which is yeah. something that really our, our governor in Florida has, has fought against. And, it, it's made things easier for us because with the the mandate and we're not we're watching it closely we don't know how that's ultimately going to land so we're we feel like we're in purgatory right now because until we know we're not sure what actions to take but selectively we're having to enforce our our clients policies and uh one of our bigger clients just decided that everyone has to be vaccinated to come back and it's going to cause some turnover. We we know that, and it's it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out, both from a yeah, from a vaccine standpoint as well as coming back to the office standpoint. Because the decision that that you make is going to determine you know how easy or difficult it is going to be to staff. It's going to reduce the candidate pool if you start making additional requirements, and that's just math at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm I'm really curious. I'm not necessarily looking forward to seeing how it all plays out, but I'm I'm yeah. curious uh, yeah. uh, to, to observe over the next probably year. We'll see a lot of yeah. things unfold, don't you think? Yeah, and we have a, you know we have a number of clients that have already mandated you know having having a vaccine you know being vaccinated is a mandate if you're on site. And so for a lot of the a lot of the folks that we have placed. And if they're never going to be on site, that, that may or may not impact them, depending on the clients. So some clients, whether they're on site or not, uh, maybe they'll have that mandate. You know, we're if you're in the Portland area, obviously there's a lot more folks that are vaccinated than than not uh, here in Portland. And and I, I think of it as similar to, you know, it's it's interesting. It's not the same, but I do think it's a little bit similar to marijuana. So we, you know, we, you know, in Portland and Oregon, and you know, we marijuana is legal so you can right. you can do that and and you and guys are we recreationally have, legal too right absolutely it's not, yeah, no yeah it's just legal for everyone is there is it I, I don't know this i probably should visit 18 is it 21 what what is the you know i i think it's 18 okay. i don't actually know the answer to that question okay um, so i have no yeah, i have no reason <laughs> there's no reason to, to for me to know the answer to that but i'm just curious yeah yeah, no, I don't know for sure. I think it might be. I think it's twenty-one, but you know, or it, I actually don't know. But okay. it, it is a. It is interesting though because we have some clients that you know we'll just when we do drug screen we don't we don't test for that because the clients don't care. It's not right. required. And then we have some clients that it is required because maybe you know for whatever reason federally or or um, or their maybe their uh, customers or what have you for whatever reason it's not not allowed and so. So that would be tested. So we that's one thing we've done. I think of that similar to the mask, you know, or sorry, similar to the to the vaccine is is, you know, hey, this this job requires you to, you know, you 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 can't smoke marijuana. You have to pass a drug screen, which will include marijuana. This requires you to be vaccinated. Hey, 
this requires you to pass a background check. All those kinds of things. It's just one more thing by client for us to manage. And like you said, it will reduce the, the, the talent pool. I do think this is a little bit, obviously it's different than the marijuana thing, but it is similar in regards to um, reducing the talent pool, but also not quite as much, I think, because we are able to hire, and a lot of our clients are remote, and the vaccine won't necessarily apply if they're a per, considered a permanently remote position. Sure. Well, that, that I, I, I love, I think it's a very appropriate analogy to use with, with the marijuana because we've seen companies, uh, I've, I've yet to see someone who didn't test, have us test for it, start requiring it. But lots of examples of organizations who've made the decision that, that it was too limiting to their talent pool and have have raised the requirement. One of our larger clients just just um, just said that not only did they say we can stop testing for it, anyone who passed or failed a, a drug test for marijuana, they wanted us to go back and reconsider because they realized <laughs> it. it like, who knows what their thought process is? I don't want yeah. to speak for them, but. I suspect it was because they, they realized it was too limiting and, and it was impacting their business in a negative way. And I know that that's going to happen uh, with with companies with either coming back on site or uh, the vaccine mandate. And it's it's kind of a fascinating rabbit hole to go down, If not that we will, but to think how you have to make it balance your business. What's good for your business versus what you know, may be a moral or 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 ethical or or principal decision for you, right? But if it's going to hurt your bottom line, those things t- you know, tend to tend to not be as important, right? Like, you know, so it may seem important now, but if you can't get employees, you know, it's going to be difficult. And as you know, everything's a sliding scale. If you you can you can have low salaries but it's going to limit your pool. You raise your salaries, you get more, um, you get more candidates to choose from. It's just math. Absolutely. So, so touch on that though, real quick. We, we just updated our 2022 salary guide, uh, published it a couple weeks ago. And even though I have been living the increased salaries uh, over the past six months, I was shocked to see really the comparison from 2021 to 2022 we're up about 15% across the board is how our, our numbers ended up coming out that we published. Does that, does that surprise you or are you seeing something similar in Portland? It doesn't surprise me. I, I don't know what the actual numbers are for, for us from 2021 or 2020, you know, in, in terms of what the percentage would be, but it's certainly up. And I, I was thinking probably in that 10% range and it, it depends on the skill set too. So we're seeing some skill sets that are going a lot higher and sometimes candidate demands that are just, you know, where maybe the budget for the client side isn't meeting it. So that that will be a challenge, of course, that, you know, we, we've talked with clients as well and trying to, even though you would think a lot of companies and in, in, in hiring managers would understand the talent shortage. And I mean, it's, it's basic econ 101, right? When right. <laughs> supply and demand, the, the, the price goes up. And so that's what we're seeing, we're seeing as well. And it, of course, it depends on the skill set. It's a, a byproduct of everything that's happened. And at times, I just mentioned this to someone on my last podcast that um, uh, we were talking about hospitality industry and travel. 
And you know, the, uh, I was interviewing the CEO of the American Resort Development Association, who, who's also a friend, and we, we were talking about how it affects, uh, how the pandemic has affected family life and the time that you've spent together and the way you value time together. It's really a silver lining among all the bad, and you almost feel guilty identifying those things at, at times. But one of those silver linings for the staffing industry is that not only is it less commoditized than it was, at least that's how I think it's evolving, but the value of, of, of folks in our position and to be consultative in our discussions with senior executives at our clients, which is sometimes not it's not always something we do in the staffing world um, because it, it, it's almost viewed as a commodity, the, the act of hiring. I think it's, I think we've been elevated there too, because those discussions aren't just, you know, complaints or excuses as to why a position is unfilled. It's a lot more serious than that. And we're even having discussions, which again, in 16 years in business, I don't think I did with, any regularity is very infrequent where we'd say, if you don't raise your prices, it's not a good expenditure of our time. Like we will, it, it just makes no sense for us to work on your position. And those conversations were often dismissed in the past, yeah. um, but they're not anymore. And that that's to me, a silver lining for, for employees. It's a silver lining for everyone in the staffing industry as well. Yeah, and it was always, I mean, this has always been present, right? This has always been an issue, but it's certainly when you have so much need in your clients, I mean, a lot of clients and a lot of job orders, there's so much demand out there that we fortunately are in a position to where we can be a little bit more picky and have those conversations and turn turn business away, right? Right. Whereas before, you know, the client could, could make their terms say, well, you know, but that's that's what we're that's what we're working with from a budget perspective, and and what do you you know what do you do? It's a tough conversation to have. It's a risky conversation unless you know you're a hundred percent correct. And what I mean is, mm-hmm. if our sales people in the past, and I did it too when I was selling, I'd I'd want to tell the client you you have to raise your your rate on this and and draw a line in the sand. That's a tough thing to do if you're if you're not completely sure. You shouldn't do it unless you're completely sure because another company um, may may come in behind you, fill the position, and credibility is immediately lost. So yeah. now there's a there's a much greater comfort level, I think, with having those conversations because the, it's just the situation is ripe for it in a way, and it's and it's overdue. Uh, there hasn't been a big shift. I think inflation, you know, for the most part, has probably been outpacing salary increases. So to me, I think it's almost a right sizing to some degree. But it'll be interesting to see how far that goes. Right? Will, will these salaries continue to increase because the gap of open jobs to employees uh, or um, candidates able to fill those jobs? It's not shrinking. It's only growing. And I'm not sure where that's going to lead. Yeah, I'm not either. I think one thing that you touched up on, I think of the more we can stretch the job order, I think at, at this point, I think right now, like you said, it's 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 a great time to have these conversations. But I also don't think it's as challenging or difficult of a conversation to have that I think some people are so fearful of pushing back with with hiring managers and pushing back with our clients and having those, you know, what could be considered a tougher conversation. And that I think it's really just sharing our expertise. It's yes. sharing our knowledge. 
and, and, and take it or leave it, customer, this is what we're seeing in the market. And like you said, if it, it's gonna, it will make us look bad if our competitors go in and fill it at the rate that they wanted to. And it doesn't mean it's impossible. We can just be transparent with that and say, hey, you know, maybe we can, but, but I can tell you from what we're seeing, the, you know, the vast majority of, of candidates are coming in here. Right. And, and you can, you can run that risk that you can go unfilled, but, but yeah, I think it's, it's appropriate to have those conversations. It's necessary, especially right now, but I don't think it's a matter of, oh, we're necessarily, you know, going to turn the business away. A lot of times it's just educating the client and helping them understand and just trying to see where we can stretch the job order, trying to see where we can get them to at least increase the max so that we can say, hey, how about you at least compare? You know, maybe we can get you someone at that rate. But do you want to see someone here 10 or 15 or 20K higher that maybe has a lot more experience and maybe is a much better fit that's going to be of, of better value to you? And maybe they can help bring up, uh, you know, other more junior developers or what whatever the position is that uh, that can add a lot more value to the team at a, at a more appropriate market rate. So and then they can take it or leave it. Absolutely. And that, that's why I've always thought of it as a sliding scale, right? Yeah. If you want to pay less, you're going to get less. And <laughs> yeah. it really is no different than, than any other asset. Uh, but I, I, it's, it, I, it's an interesting time where those conversations are just more, I, I, I'm finding companies are more open to it. And they do see us as that authority. You and I would argue they always should have. I just don't think that's always been the case. And when you look at the prevalence of the uh, of the VMS space that we touched on a little bit ago, that's evidence enough that you know, we, we want to hire employees at the cheapest possible rate with as little effort as possible. And you and I would say, I think, I don't wanna speak for you, so tell me if I'm wrong, that should never be the goal. The, the goal should be to hire the best employee, let the market dictate the rate, and the more touch and, and time extended up front, the better. Because if you don't expend that time, you're you're taking a chance, right? You're 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 guessing, and that's not ever how hiring should happen. I don't think. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I I definitely agree with you. I think I think when you think of the VMS, it's trying to trying to solve a problem. Like when we talked about the bad players earlier. It's trying to solve that problem that the bad players that that are submitting way too many candidates, or that they're not finding the right candidates, or they're trying to, you know, because trying to feel like or seeing the staffing industry as as or or staffing individuals as really just you know being too expensive, and they're just trying to put some control on it. Whereas if they had a good partner like like you or like ProFocus or other good, there's a lot of really good. Uh, staffing company tr- across the country that we we know many of those individuals that are doing the right thing and that that uh, are fair. They work closely with their clients, and if if all staffing companies were like that, VMS I think would not exist. <laughs> there wouldn't right. be a need. Right. But you you said the word that you know, we don't want to throw around too much, but I do think it is the perfect one for the situation that we're in, and and it really is an opportunity to be a partner. More so than any time that I know of in staffing, it, it, you know, that it, we can be that. And I think ProFocus, just like us, we've always uh, attempted to be a partner. We've looked for organizations who can see us as such. Yeah. But 
the opportunity to to do that at a bigger scale, I think, exists right now. And and that's why it's a good time to be in staffing. It's a it's a bit of a minefield. We're trying to yeah. navigate all of the changes and 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 do so you know, by paying attention to laws and mandates and boy, just from one state to the next, it's like we're at times we feel like we're living it may as well be a different country, the the way that things are so different. But we have a lot to navigate. But be to be a partner and to be seen as is is that um as you know it makes all the difference in the world and how the relationship flows it should be the goal of of not only the staffing company but the the hiring entity as well whether they realize it or not but again of course we think that way because that's the way we um you know, we we strive to do business and 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 really try to almost insist on it in in the way we handle our day-to-day operations yeah so with that said i think we've covered a lot of the past uh before we go what is what's the outlook for 2022 how uh what do you expect from pro focus what can we look forward to well we are growing so and we're continuing to invest in our growth i think right now there's a real opportunity in the market for us to to capture a market share we're like i said we were a seven eight year old company and really excited about about the opportunity for us to really get some new clients and and uh and and really break into some to some some customers and really expand in those with those customers. So for us, we're investing in our team. We're we're looking to hire. We just rolled out every six months. We share an updated ProFocus roadmap with everyone in the company, which details out our goals and our plans from a from a hiring perspective and looking at our org chart and and from the coming year as well as you know 2023, 2024 and beyond. So we share that every six months and updates that as well as progress towards those things. So we're looking to to add another probably 50% or close to 50% internal headcount this coming year, which we are really excited about and wanting to continue to invest in our growth just because we have a number of clients also that we have confidence that we'll be able to 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 grow with them too in terms of those partnerships. So a lot of opportunities there. Uh, we're pretty excited and rolling out some some succession planning and looking at ways that we can continue to develop our team members, the ones that that are really interested in moving, you know, into new roles with us and into leadership roles. We're we're partnering with them on their development and so they can step into those those leadership positions as we grow. So for us, we're we're really excited going into 2022. We need to hire. So <laughs> perfect uh, podcast to be on. But that's one of the things that we're we're prioritizing to bring on new team members and and to help help drive that growth. This last year, I think we would have grown so much more if we had just, you know, we anticipated this year to be to be strong. So we hired in anticipation of that and invested in that. And we didn't hire enough. So we did not have enough recruiters this year. I'm sure the same for you and, and most everyone in staffing as well. It's just, oof, man, if we had had a full team so that, you know, we we have a lot of confidence 2022 is going to be strong. And so we're looking to to hire even more people for uh, for that growth and to help help drive that so we can deliver for our customers because we have a lot of really good customers and and, and clients and we want to make sure that we can we can show up for them and, and get them the right team members for for their projects and, and for their company. Well, I hope your presence on Higher Calling today gives us some more listeners in the Pacific Northwest because I, I will say to anyone who's listening there after observing you and John and the way you go about business and everything I've heard you share over the past two years, 
I, I, I feel very confident saying that anyone who has the opportunity to be an employee of ProFocus internally or to work with you guys as a client or contractor is going to be treated extremely well. And and um, and that's unique. I, I, I feel very strongly about that. I, I don't say it lightly. And uh, it, you guys are, are doing things the way they should be done. Um, that should be a given. It's far from a given in the marketplace. And it's rare. And that's why you're succeeding. And that's why I have no doubt that you're going to not only meet but surpass all your goals and objectives. So let's let's bookmark this time and in next December we'll come back on if if you come back on if you'd be so oh, yeah. uh, kind well, to do that then we'll recap the year and I know you guys are going to have a great one and I can't thank you enough for coming on. It's a busy time with your five kids at home, right? Is it, <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it, are you still at five? We're 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 still at five and we're done at five. So that is that is it. I was I committed to five so. You know, the joke I always share is that, you know, my wife wanted five, I wanted two. And so we, we compromised and, and had five. So, <laughs> but that's it. I'm done. <laughs> no Perfect. Well, it's it's nice when I get to, to speak with someone who has more more kids than me because they uh, they can appreciate all the, the the craziness that happens at this time of year, especially. And um, I, uh, I, I hope you guys have a great end of year and I look forward to, um, to talking to you throughout 2022. So, James, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Pete. Appreciate it. Awesome. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for new topics, email us, hirecalling at fourcornerresources.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks, and have a great rest of the day.